Anyway, so we're in the book of Malachi today. Uh, the scripture we're looking at is chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. Um, so far, what we've seen in the book of Malachi is the thing that people seem to point out most is that this, is, this book is largely a rebuke of Israel. Um, this takes place about 100 years after they've come back from exile. Um, and although the, the book is full of rebukes, six, in, in, uh, six throughout the book, but um, although it's full of rebukes, yesterday as I was kind of uh, contemplating on it, um, we, were, we were sitting in the living room and I had just gotten off the phone with Doc and we were talking about all the, everything that's going on, um, all the apparent troubles everybody in the church is having. having. Um, but I looked back at the book and like verse, chapter one, verse two, Lord says, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you say, how you, have you loved us? And really to me, I, the book kind of took on a new light. And what, what God's saying throughout Malachi is that I am good. I do not change. I have loved you. All you have to do is return to me. That's, that's the message that I got after a second look at the book. So anyway, let's look at um, chapter 3, verse 6. I'm just going to read through the whole passage, and then we'll go back. And the uh, section is titled, Robbing God. Verse 6, God says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your wine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will carry you, will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So immediately in verse six, um, God is telling Israel, he says, I don't change. If there's something wrong in our relationship, it's because you have strayed. It's not because I've gone anywhere. I don't change. I have not changed. Um, he's, he's saying, first off, look, you exist as a nation because I am good, because I have been with you, because I protect you. Look at Esau. I chose Jacob as, as my blessed son of Israel. Um, and all of his progeny have carried on throughout the years because I've been with him. And, and to me, that kind, of, uh, that kind of rung true because God is saying to Israel the same thing that he says to us now. Um, it's easy to look around and see everything going wrong in the world and, and ask where God is and ask the question about why is there so much pain and suffering in the world. Uh, to me, the answer is right here. It's, it's that, you know, we've, we've moved away from him. He hasn't gone anywhere. He does not change. Uh, it says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. 
Um, and then in verse 7, he says, From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. He's saying that this, this problem is not new. The fact that you guys have strayed from me and that you're um, having issues right now is nothing that's new to this particular generation that Malachi is speaking to. It's something that's always happened, and it's something that you can see happening in our world today. Um, it's something that will always happen until the end of history. Um, and we can, you know, the Lord is saying, return to me, and I will return to you. We can always return to him. It's not, it's, um, there's never been a point at which we've strayed so far that we could not return. He's faithful to his promises, and he does not change. We can always return. In verse 8, the Lord says, Will man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, How have we robbed you? And he says, In your tithes and contributions. The Lord's saying that um, earlier in Malachi, the priests of Israel are rebuked for teaching falsely. Um, and uh, it, what it seems is that the priests started to uh, compromise and their tithes and contributions, and the people of Israel saw this and started to follow their leadership and basically started giving the worst animals out of their flock, the, the least possible contribution to the storehouse that they could give and still feel like they had done something. To them, it was a legalistic thing. I need to give X amount. And last time I preached, I preached on a... Uh, scripture in Matthew that was also about money, so I kind of wanted to uh, steer in another direction today. Sorry, Matt. But, but really, it's uh, the, the priests of Israel were teaching the people that you just need to give the bare minimum. And, and that was a fault in their teaching. It was a fault in their leadership. But it does not mean that um, that made the people of Israel any less guilty. Um, so God says, you're robbing me. Um, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you, in verse 9. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Um, there's... I read an interesting story while researching this passage about a man named William Colgate who was uh, founded Colgate, Colgate Company, uh, Colgate Soaps, Toothpaste is what you'll know him as, also Palm Olive, he founded that company. And he came to America when he was about 14 and he was working for as an apprentice for a soap maker and on, as a side gig he had worked, picked up uh, work on a boat and he told the, the, the captain of the boat about his, his job making soap and that he thought that he could do it better and he could become you know, the, the biggest soap maker in New York City. And the captain says to him, somebody has to be the biggest soap maker. I have no doubt it could be you, but one thing to remember is to always give the Lord his portion and he will be faithful and he will bless you for it. And being 16 years old, being really impressionable, and being a young Christian, Colgate says that he took that captain's advice as the truth, and he just did it. He said, maybe I wouldn't have done it if I weren't so young and impressionable, but I did, 
and it proved to be true. And all of his business ventures were successful. He started giving 20% and eventually 30%. And by the end of his life, I think he was giving 50% because he just said, you know, I've been blessed beyond my means. I, I can't use all of this anymore. Um, and the, the founder of Kraft Foods and a few other companies that you would know now that have been around for 100 years all started on this principle that if you give and you test God and you hold him to his promises, he will, he will be true to them. Uh, the Lord says in verse 10, he says, uh, bring, bring in the full tithe that there may be food in my house. Um, basically what, I, what I, I see this as is God has chosen us to be his, um, to show his glory in the world. Psalm 50 says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything already. It, it doesn't further his glory to, to um, say any more about how he owns anything. What furthers his glory in the world, what he's chosen is for us to be his vehicle and his means. He wants us to show his glory by what we're willing to give. Um, and that's a reflection of what he's done in our lives. Uh, when we look at our lives and we see how blessed we are, we should give back to him according to what we see as our blessings. And um, that's, that's what I see in this verse, is that God is saying, don't or be my vehicle in the world. Show my glory in the world through your actions and through your giving based on my giving. Um, in verse 11, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the, view, the, destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Um, for believers, we can of, often look at the laws of God and a lot of non-believers point to the laws of, of God as being unjust, unfair, stifling, and basically just uh, um, burdensome to believers and non-believers. But that's not what was intended for God's laws. God meant for his laws to be a boon to us, to be a guide to us, uh, to impart blessings and wisdom on us. It says, follow my laws and you will be blessed. I think a lot of times we look at, at God's laws and we say, oh, I will just dip my toe in. I'll try to follow this law a lot of times with tithing. That's what people do. I've been guilty of it. You give once or twice and you say, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen the blessings come down from heaven. But uh, it's really about your faithfulness. And our attitude towards following God's, God's laws shows where our heart is in relationship to God. You, you follow his laws, you stick with it, and the blessings come over time, and you put him to the test. And if you haven't done so, I would encourage that you do so. Put God to the test. Um, and God wants us, God wants our cooperation for his work in the world, I think is a major point of this passage. Um, he can do anything. He's already proven that through creation. What, what he needs is, or what he desires is our cooperation in the world. And for us to show his glory 
Um, and the question we have to ask ourselves is, is, do we believe his word? Do we believe his promises? Have we tried putting him to the test? Do we believe his word enough to carry on his work in the world and to further his kingdom here? And um, just remember that God is good. I have to finish some points, so I'm going to go ahead and do it now. Uh, but I, I want to wrap up by saying that God is good no matter what it seems. We can look around the world right now. It, it would be easy for Matt or for Doc or for anyone who's going through a tough time right now to question how God is good and whether he truly blesses us or not. But I think as we look at this passage, we have to see and have to come away saying that he's good no matter what we see. He wants our cooperation showing his goodness in the world. And we need to put him to the test and um, trust in his promises. Believe that he's good, act on his promises, and, and trust in his goodness no matter what we see in the world. And um, yeah, that's, that's to me what, what I came away with, especially after this week. After such a tough week, it, it gave me a different outlook on this passage. Not the rigidness of God's laws and how tough he can be in enforcing his laws, but rather how good his laws are to those who follow and to those who put him to the test.